Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, we are going to jump right into this today. If you are like me, when my daughter died, I did not want to be here anymore. Do you want to know what I wrote in my journal two months after she died? So kill me, God. Do it now, please. I did not think I could take the horrific pain and the suffocating darkness anymore. And day after day, I wanted something to happen to me that would take me out of this world. I wasn't suicidal, but I sure didn't want to be here anymore. I could not imagine living the rest of my life in so much pain without my daughter here by my side. Now, I hear and I see quite often other freshly grieving parents feel the same way I did. We aren't suicidal. We just don't want to live anymore. A part of our very being has been cut off from us, and the pain is too great to continue living. For me, most of my adult life, I wanted to live to be 100, like a few of my relatives. And there is longevity and good health on both sides of my family, so there is a fairly good chance of it. But after Becca died, I took that off the table with God, and I decided the sooner I was out of here, the better. Now, before I go on further with this, I also want to say that because that was my heart, I mean, I I couldn't help it because it's like Dave says, my husband says, it's like when Jesus talks about leaving the 99 to go find the one. That's kind of how we are. We have other family members here. We have, some of us have children, grandchildren, a spouse. We have ministries and jobs that we used to love, reasons to stay here, but we can't explain it, but we just don't want to be here anymore. It's like we want to leave the 99 and go find the one. And I have five children, if you didn't know that. Becca is the oldest of my five, and I have another daughter and three sons. And my other daughter came to me one day and she let me know that because of the depth of my grief and how non-functioning I was in missing Becca, that she let me know that she believed I thought the wrong daughter died. Now that, that just devastated me. I was so stunned and so shocked to think that that's what she thought. This is a daughter, we have been to Africa together on ministry trips. I've taken her on trips with me. We've had fun together. We had a spiritual bond together that was unlike my other children for the most part at that time. And so it just, it just stunned me that she thought that. And so I want to just interject before I go further that I found out this is a common thing, that our other children can see the depth of our grief and feel the same thing, think the same thing, that we think the wrong child died. And so I just want to encourage you to find ways to love on your other children who are still here if you have other children. And if you don't, I am so, so sorry. I I just, I, I really am. 
for those of us who do have other children, though, we have to be really careful of that, that we make sure our other children still feel loved and wanted, even if our, our minds and our hearts don't want to be here anymore. We have to find a way to let them know that it's worth staying for them. We don't want to give them the message that you're not worth me staying here for. And sometimes we can do that by making like a, I'll call it a shrine in our homes for the child who died. Now, I, I'm very aware, believe me, I'm very aware. This is all we have left of our child. We don't have our child. All we have are pictures and things that used to be theirs. And so we want to put it all in a place, in a prominent place to honor them. But when the child who died overpowers the ones who are still here, it puts us in a really difficult place. And I, like I said, I've been in that place. And so I'm just telling you from my own experience to really pray through and do what you can to help your other children from feeling like they don't matter anymore. The only one who matters is the one who isn't here. And like I said, I know it's like we just, we don't want to be here anymore and we can't explain that, but you don't want your other children to feel like mom doesn't want to be here, dad doesn't want to be here anymore because I'm not worth staying for. So after saying all of that, let's go ahead and get back to the whole topic of not wanting to be here. And like I said, I took off the table. I wanted to live a long, fulfilling life before. <laughs> Everything in life is divided before and after now, isn't it? But when Becca died, like I said, I took that off the table because I just wanted to be out of here. But in God's totally amazing love and grace, he did not answer that plea. And he allowed me to continue here on this earth. And yes, you heard that right. And let me say it again, just a little bit differently. It is God's deep love and his eternal grace that keeps us here when all we want to do is to be done and to go to our eternal home to be with our child. Now, it took several years for me to get to that place, but I can honestly say at this point how thankful I am that God did not answer my plea for death to take me out of here. Why? Well, there are all kinds of reasons I have now, but truthfully, one of the main reasons is that I would not be here to encourage you. Believe it or not, I am thankful that I am still here so that I can walk with other parents who have found themselves in that same place, along with thousands of other bereavers, parents who've been bereaved of their child. I made the transition of not wanting to be here to being okay with it if I have to be here and finally getting to where I actually want to stick around here for a few more years. Now, I know we are all on our own timeline, so don't expect to feel a certain way by a certain time. And let me also say, don't expect to never feel that way because I hear that all the time. I'm happy for you. I'm glad you got to that place, but I never will. Don't put that expectation on yourself. I know it may seem like that, but don't expect that for yourself either. Hang on to hope. Maybe I can. I don't see it. I don't think it will, but 
maybe if others have who didn't think they would get to that point, very few parents I know have taken only a few months to feel like they want to stay here and continue living out their lives. For most of us, it has taken a few years, at least two, three, five years. Now, I just recently read that it takes five to 10 years for parents who've lost a child for their lives to stabilize. And I can attest to that. We are on year 11. Actually, it's been 11 years, so we're on year 12. And I'm to that point, and I do feel like it took seven, eight, nine, ten years for life to feel stable again. It's one thing to move from survival mode to at least being okay with still being here, even though everything is still painful. And then from there, going to feel like you have your bearings again and you aren't numb with life being fuzzy and blurry like you're underwater. And I'll bet you're a bit like me. When your child died, you felt like a fish out of water, as the expression goes. If you have my newly released book, Reflections of Hope, which are daily readings for bereaved parents, you'll read about what I'm going to talk about in a few weeks. But I want to share it with you here right now. Now, I got to see a similar visual of like a fish out of water, but it was a swan out of the water. I had no idea how hard it is for a swan to walk. I don't know if you can look it up. I'm sure there are videos out there somewhere, but we were actually, there was a pond and there was a swan trying to walk through the grass to get to the water. And it was almost painful to watch it try so hard to put one foot down and then the other foot down to maneuver its big body on those two small legs and feet. But once that swan was in the water, it was a totally different picture. The beautiful swan was now in its element, and it glided gracefully and beautifully across the pond. And it made me think of us as humans. We also function so much better in our God-created element. And I know we feel like we were violently ripped out of our element when our child died. It is so important to eventually figure out what is our new element that we can begin to flow in. And I'm going to give you a hint. It usually has something to do with keeping our child's memory alive in a way that honors them and others. Like my friend Connie, who is carrying on what her son started with what's called traveling Bibles. They leave a Bible somewhere for someone to find. They record where they find it. They write a special message inside the Bible, and then they place it somewhere else for the next person to find. And there's a website that you can go to and record where you find the Bible and where you left it. There's Janice, who wrote a memoir book about her daughter Dawn's battle with cancer and the lessons that Dawn taught others as she battled for her life here on earth. There's my friend Marcella that I met several years ago who developed the Comfort Cub. Now, I talked about this years ago. I had Marcella on with me. Look it up if you don't know what the Comfort Cub is. But it started out for infant and pregnancy loss after her son lived for just a few minutes after birth. And it's now also being used for those in trauma and other situations where comfort is needed. 
And then there's Dave and I, who started the ministry, Grieving Parents Sharing Hope, GPS Hope. We now live in a motorhome, traveling and ministering to grieving parents in memory of Becca. And everything that's come with it, like writing books, starting support groups, hosting retreats, having this podcast, those kinds of things. Now, most parents don't start something as big as what I just shared. There is usually something local that they're drawn to in a way that helps people in their own community that they never paid a whole lot of attention to before the death of their child. I think right now of my friends Dave and Dee, and they always have a yearly run in memory of their daughter. It's a, you know one of those 5K walks or runs, and the money that they raised, their daughter died through long QT is what it's called. It's a sudden adult death syndrome, a SADS instead of SIDS. She had a a genetic heart issue that nobody even knew existed in the family, died in her sleep. So they have this fundraiser every year and they raise money to go to local needs like putting those heart machines in different places around the city. I think they bought a bike or two for the police force. So just different things locally. Anything you can do for others that makes you feel less like a fish out of water is a good thing. Now, I know at the beginning, there isn't a choice. Grief just overtakes us because death is a huge loss. And the death of a child isn't normal. It's the most devastating loss we can experience on this earth, according to most experts. It's a trauma. But the death of our child is not where God reaches his limits to be able to bring light into darkness. And think about this. It did not blindside God. He has a plan you probably can't see right now. He can and will help you come out of the darkness and back into light and life again if that's what you want. Let me read Lamentations 3 verses 19 to 23 to you right now. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Now, a chunk of time later, after asking God to kill me in my journal, I wrote a journal entry that was thanking the Holy Spirit for giving me a reason to stick around. And that reason was for the special people I still had in my life. And some of the things I realized I really didn't want to miss out on with them. I had a glimmer of a reason to continue living. And I ended that entry in my journal by writing, With new hope and revelation, I can once again claim verses like Psalm 91 verse 16, With long life, I will satisfy him. It was easy to believe that before Becca died. It was very hard to believe that after Becca died. But I did get to that point where I believed it again. Now, I still felt like, let me say, it was a stretch to believe that God would satisfy me. I mean, how was that possible with my daughter no longer here on this earth? But at that point, I was feeling a seed of hope sprouting inside me. And I was going to do what I could to water that seed of hope and to nurture it so that it could grow. Most of us know in our heads that we have other people to live for. 
but it takes a while for our hearts to get past the horrendous pain to be able to comprehend that in a way that becomes a lifeline for us to hold on to. So if that is how you are feeling, just know that you are not the only one and know that there's hope to get beyond it. If I can, you can too. You can have hope that it won't always be like this. Well, that is unless you continue to choose to remain in the blackness of deep grief here on earth, which I hope you don't, because that is an absolutely even more miserable place to be. So to help you get there, I want to ask you to pull out a piece of paper and write down at least five people who still want and need you in their lives. Now, don't tell yourself that no one needs you and no one would even miss you because that is the enemy feeding you lies. Is it a spouse, someone at your place of fellowship or a special Bible study? Is it a parent or a coworker or a neighbor, maybe other children or grandchildren? Maybe it's a sibling, a friend you've had. Okay, so write some of these people down. Write at least five people down. And now what are some things that you know that are in their future that it might be kind of nice to be there and see or be part of? Now, I know these can be bittersweet things because sometimes these are things that my child should be there too. And I get that. But I want you to write those things down next to their names. Now put that in a place where you'll see it once in a while and even continue to add to it as you think of more people or more events that will be happening in the future. And eventually you're going to realize you no longer need the paper. Now, like I said, I understand you may have the thought, I wanted my child to be a part of these things too. Why would I want to be there without him or her? Now, unfortunately, you can't change that and I know it hurts. But you can get to the place where the gladness of still being here with those you love outweighs the pain of knowing your child is missing the earthly events because they are now part of the heavenly ones, the heavenly events. It will probably take longer than you think it should or you want it to. And there can be a lot of setbacks. But I can tell you, it is worth the fight. It's worth it to keep going. It's worth learning how to live a good life again here on earth until you are greeted by your child with a huge hug and the words, you did great. I'm so proud of you. Welcome home, dad, or welcome home, mom. This coming month in July is National Bereaved Parents Month. Now, we have a frame. If you're on Facebook, we used to be able to make a frame and put it on Facebook. They don't allow people to do that anymore. But we do have a transparent frame that can go around your profile picture. You put them together like in Canva or, you know, some app that does that. And then use that as your profile picture. You put the frame on your picture somewhere else and then use that as your profile picture. And it's a national Bereaved Parents Month with our GPS Hope logo on it. So if you are interested in having that to let other people know that it is National Bereaved Parents Month for July, we are sending out that frame with our weekly word of hope. This is an email I send out every week. 
and I don't spam you. I don't send out a bunch of extra emails, but every week on Wednesdays, I send out a weekly word of hope. It has a word of encouragement, one of our resources that you might not be aware of, and then what the podcast is about each week. So if you want to get that, like I said, we've been sending out this transparent frame that you can use for the month of July. Just go to gpshope.org hope. All we need is your name and your email address. You'll be added to the weekly Word of Hope list, and you will get that frame as an attachment to the next couple of emails that come out. Now, we are going to be out east in July. As of this recording, there was a cancellation for our weekend GPS Hope and Healing Retreat, which is in Castleton, Virginia. Now, this makes room for either two moms to be able to join us, or one mom, okay, hopefully two, or a couple to be able to join us. Because of a sponsorship for this retreat, it is only $140 for a single mom or $215 for a couple. Now, this includes the registration. It includes the room, which is for two nights, and the food. That is pretty good. Now, the first one to pay gets the available opening. So check it out at gpshope.org slash retreat, and you can also register there. If you know of several people, couples or individuals, who would be interested in Dave and I bringing a GPS Hope and Healing Retreat to your area in this coming year, email us at office at gpshope.org. Now, don't put this off. This is the first time I am sharing this or saying this publicly, but Dave and I are feeling like we're only going to be traveling the nation in the Hopemobile for maybe one or two more years. So if you've been thinking about asking us to come your direction, now is the time so that we can try and fit it into our next time out. We leave Wisconsin in October and we return in April. And when we return in April, it might be when we park the Hopemobile permanently. So you can be praying about this with us, that we will have God's wisdom and leading in his timing for this. I'm also a keynote speaker at this year's annual gathering for Bereaved Parents USA, BPUSA. And I'm going to be doing four workshops there. It's in the D.C. area, July 21st through the 23rd, and there is still time to register if you want to come, as well as some hotel rooms at the reduced rate, and I think that's until June 30th. Now, this is always a refreshing time to be with other bereavers and get some encouragement in some of the specific areas where you're struggling on this journey uh, with the workshops. And this gathering is for parents, it's for grandparents, and for siblings. There are also some sessions with Alive Alone, and this is an organization for those who have lost their only child or all of their children. So go to bereavedparentsusa.org and click on the annual conference tab. And if you go, be sure to find me and let me know you're a listener to this podcast and part of the GPS Hope family. Now, when I first started this podcast, there's something kind of funny that happened. We went to BPUSA. Dave and I were talking. We got out of the elevator and someone said, are you Laura Deal? And I said, yeah, yes, I am. And she said, I recognize your voice from the podcast. (laughs) And Cindy has become a, a precious friend over the years. So all these things that I just talked about, I'll put a link to each one of those in the show notes if you didn't catch them as I was uh, sharing them. And I'm also going to add a link to the Reflections book that I referred to earlier. 
Let's go ahead to this week's birthday segment. Hunter Josiah Whitney was born on June 25th and is forever 18. Courtney Kolb was born on June 26th and is forever 23. Lucas Christofferson was born on June 28th and is forever 19. Dominic Cardenas was born on June 28th and is forever 24. We celebrate the day these children came into the world. We know the birthdays of our child will always be a special day and worth celebrating. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced to the other listeners, I would be happy and honored to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays, submit the information that we need, and we will announce, I'll announce your child's birthday the week of his or her birthday. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen that week. After your child's death, left you so deeply wounded, have you been able to find yourself getting comfortable in a new element that makes life a bit easier? If you haven't yet, that's okay. We are all on individual timetables, and when you're ready, either God will begin to reveal something to you, or you may find yourself just stepping into it so naturally that you do not even realize it's happening. Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The important thing is that even if you don't think it can possibly happen to you, Make sure you hang on to those of us who felt the same way when our child died, but we are now moving forward with our lives. Let us be your hope for you. And someday, instead of being like that swan walking clumsily across the grass, you will find yourself gliding across the water. But even when that happens, it's good to remember that we will all still climb out of the water and struggle walking through the grass at times. And as we waddle along together, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.